Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We welcome you to the house of the Lord. I just want to encourage you this morning. If y'all seen the flyer on the uh, foyer, that's my friend, uh, Minister Vanessa that lives in Chicago. Uh, it's interesting that a lot of our connections are in Chicago. She doesn't know Dr. Mills or Pastor D. But we've been friends, I guess, about seven years. Lisa Payne invited me to Little Rock where she held a conference, Minister Vanessa, and it was very powerful. Well, uh, she's written two books on prayer, and she asked me to forward those books. And this last one, the first one, God gave me the words immediately. This last time, it took me a week of fasting and prayer to have the words to say in her forward. Well, she texted me about a month ago, Elder, and said she doesn't know anything about what's going on in CrossFit with the meal or any of that. She said, and, and she's given me words before, and they're always came true, everything that she's given me. She said she saw revival. She said, Apostle, I see revival in your city, and I see people coming to the church and being encouraged because what's fixing to happen. was to me, what's fixing to happen is all around the world, but we have had something that just happened. So I prayed about it for a little while to see, God, do you want me to ask her to come? And I texted her back. I said, did you see yourself in that revival and people coming because they were getting encouraged? And she said, Pastor, do you see me? Anyway, she's coming November the uh, 9th on a Saturday night and Sunday morning. And I can tell you that in that meeting that I went in Little Rock, you can get a real breakthrough with her. She's over about eight states. She leads prayer for them. Um and she has a prayer line on Monday nights and Saturdays and goes to the different. But this revival, we're not, it's not focused on prayer except for the Sunday night because she'll be here till Monday. I'm not wasting her time and hours that you have such a gift in your city. So I asked her to come do a prayer visual for our city on Sunday night. But the Saturday night and the Sunday morning is to encourage you and encourage us and and uh, to come and exhort us. Amen. So I'm excited about that. Uh, be, be bringing your uh, family, bringing friends, just bring people that have maybe lost a job or don't know what their tomorrow's going to hold, and let's just see what God's going to do. Amen. We've been talking about the blood. Pastor's preaching today. I'm just doing a little forward for her, maybe. I'm not sure what she's preaching on, but... Um, I know we've been talking about the blood in, on the Tuesday night. And I want to read 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. It says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, 
but from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And uh, let's go to Mark, uh, let me see, John, I'm sorry, John 1934. 1934. One of the soldiers came with a spear and pierced Jesus in his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. You know that blood and water, they call it orca, and it turned, uh, the scholars say it turned like almost a gold color when it was poured out of his side, so much so that the centurion said, this was the Son of God. We've killed the Son of God because something flowed out of his side that wasn't looking like red blood. It looked like gold. And he knew that this was not uh, just an everyday person they cruci crucified. So when he was pierced on his side, that blood was pure and it was spotless and without blemish to cover us and to cleanse us, to cover me today and to cleanse us because it knew no sin. That blood that Jesus shed for me and you, because we just came through atonement, it reminded us so much of the blood. And I said, I want to come and give him a blessing and talk about his blood Tuesday night, last Tuesday, instead of the blessing. I want to give him honor for what he's done for us in atonement. And when that blood come running out, it was pure. It never, it never tasted sin. And that's why he has conquered uh, all sin. He has conquered every sin that I would ever think about, every sin that I ever did, every sin that I would ever do. He conquered that on that day when his blood flowed on the earth. And when his blood flowed on the earth, the earth shook and the rocks were rent. The earth shook. It caused a shaking when the blood flowed out of his body. It caused a shaking when we get the revelation of what the blood has done for us. It shakes hell. It shakes demons. Demons cannot come across the blood. I was praying for somebody with a suicidal spirit in my family, and I said, devil, you cannot go past the blood. You can't pass over the blood. The blood's been applied to the doorpost of that house just through my prayers, and you cannot cross it. And it's been 10 years later, and that person has not done it and he threatened it every day of his life and that spirit tried to grab a hold to him but that spirit was broke by the blood of Christ that spirit was broke you can't cross the Passover our houses for sickness death and hell because he already conquered it by the blood of Christ hey oh Matthew 27:51. if you want to see let's look at that real fast Thank you, Jesus. I'm just setting the stage, Pastor. Now, you preach whatever you know, but I got to talk about that blood this morning a little bit because I'm seeing what all it's doing, what it's done for me and for my children. Broke every curse. When he was hung on the tree, he, we were redeemed that day by the curse of the land. When the blood flowed on the land and the rocks cried out and the earth shook, when the rocks were rent and the veil was torn that day from top to bottom, he broke the curse. He broke the curse on Calvary. He broke the curse of death, hell, and the grave. He went and said, give me them keys back. Because why? Because they couldn't keep him in the grave. Because whatever you conquer, you have authority over. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So he has authority over death, hell, and the grave. 
whatever you conquer, you have authority over for other people to be able to cast it out of them. To, you have authority to show them how to live in victory. Why? Because you conquered it and you took the keys of that authority and you're bringing it down to earth and using it in your life. Hey, Matthew 27, 51. And behold, the bell of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. The thing that separated us from God, where we couldn't go into his holy of holies without a high priest. We couldn't go in ourselves. That was rent from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks were rent. Why? Because he took his blood and he went to heaven. He told him, said, don't touch me. He told the disciples, he, they saw him when he was resurrected. He said, don't touch me. I still got something to do. What did he have to do? He had to go take his blood and put it on the mercy seat, that pure blood, put it on the mercy seat so I can go to the Father myself and he'll have mercy on me so I can enter into the most holy place and he'll have mercy on me so I can come in with him. He said, I'm going to put my blood on the mercy seat where I meet you and I commune with you, where I talk to you day and night on a personal level, where you don't got to go to the pastor for every little weakness where you can go to God and he says I'm here for you baby hey I've been listening to Sarah Jake she says that a lot I'm here for you baby Woo! the very one that gave T.D. Jakes the trouble the very one that got pregnant when she's 13 she's turning the world upside down so y'all listen to her sometime so we're going to talk about the blood the centurion had to bow Yeah, they already thought they got rid of him. But that blood wasn't like my blood. That blood was Emmanuel's blood that flowed. Now it flows through our veins because now I can be a son because I have his blood. I can be a son because I have his blood applied to my life. I can be a daughter because I'm engrafted in to the family of God because he shed his blood so I could have it, so I could be the one brought into the heavenlies. I could be the one to sit at the right hand of the Father with, with, with God. I'm the one that can sit there and make intercession like he does and tear down the strongholds and rent the heavens for the earth so God can come in. Hey, so God, we see your blood as liquid love. I see that blood that was shed that day on Calvary, that thing that you didn't want to do. Some of you, there's some things you don't want to do. But can we see that he did it anyway? He did what he didn't want to do. He said, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do it. I don't want them to spit on my beard, pluck it out, and pull my limbs and and everything else that they did, put a crown of thorns on my head. But he saw you and he saw me. He saw the prize that was set before him if he would do it. So, God, in our life today, I ask that that fleshly matter, that thing that we can't seem to conquer, that mountain that keeps coming back, Lord, that we can say, God, I don't want to quit it. I don't want to change. My husband led the prayer today, and it was all about change, all about change. But I, I don't want to. God, I like it. I'm comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable in my own skin in that way, Lord. I don't, uh-uh. I have to conquer fears. I have to do things I've never done if I obey you. 
But just look at your children. Look at your city. Look at your church and see the prize that's set before you, and you'll do it. You'll do it then. You'll do it when you get your eyes off yourself. I'll do it when I don't look at myself, when I look at someone else that I want to save, someone else that I want to heal, not me, but Jesus through me, someone else I want to show how to live in victory because I've done it. God, show us that it's worth it to pay the price because you said if I lose my life, I gain it. Unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, but if it die, it'll bear much fruit. Monica was going through something, and she looked at her watch, and that scripture came up, unless a grain of wheat. I said, that's your word for this situation. This is your word to help you conquer it. Somebody say it's worth it. How many sons and daughters does he have now because he did pay the price? How many will you have to go to heaven with you because you pay the price? How many that you can look across when you're in eternity and say, I had a part. How many is going to be standing on the sides welcoming you when you get there because they're there because of you? They're there because you decided to lay flesh down and to pick him up. You decide to put him on and put yourself down. And because of that, because Jesus Christ did that, his name is above every other name. God don't never leave you down here. He don't never leave you down here. He always raises you up. And he said that he's going to raise up the ones that left in these last days. They're going to be like the disciples. And they're going to come back and they're going to help win this city for Jesus Christ. Because that's what you said, God. You raised them up in the last day. You raising us up in the last day where we might not have done it all of our life, but we're going to do it now. We might have been sitting here 20 years and not paid the price, but I'm going to pay it now because I see what your blood has done for me. Somebody said, well, if they ain't done it 20 years, they might not go and do it. Well, you know what? They was wandering in the wilderness for 40, but some of them did it. Two of them did it. Two of them and took the young people in and had a next generation. Spirit of revival reigns. Spirit of revival rule. We're fixing to make the um, so graciously Miss Sue and Bob's building. It's funny because it's going full cycle. They've been telling me how much prayers went on there through the years. And we're going to make it a prayer center. And Miss Charlotte's going to be over that prayer center. Let's come up here and let's talk about a minute. You say, what does that mean? That means I'm going to take, when I got to do warfare, I'm going to take it up there and do it. And I'm going to do some here, but I want y'all to experience. I, there's a cycle of harvest. There's a cycle of harvest. I was in prayer the other day, and the Holy Spirit quickened in me, said there's a cycle of harvest. So I want to know, and we're just trying out. Today we tried out. I had a word in me to come say, and I was waiting for 40 minutes. I'm like, let me wait. Let me wait. Let the worship team have 40 minutes before I say anything. Why? We're just trying new things, trying to see what would present, uh, how we could present the church for revival. But at the same time, I was in there thinking, God, does that mean I put you last? Does that mean if I say, we're going to do this for 40 minutes, and then there's time for the prophetic, and then there's time, so y'all pray for me. <laughs> does, it, does it mean that, God? Because that's what it feels to me if I do those things. But I also, at the same time, I want to have a place where people 
can feel like they can come in and that they could uh, be saved. They don't have to feel like it's too deep. They don't have to feel like I can't ever attain to that, and I'm not there, so I'm just not going to come. But I can tell you why people don't come. They blame it on a lot of things, but I can tell you this. My husband's off one day a week on Saturdays, I mean one month, one Saturday a month pretty much. Besides, his, sometimes he'll get a, a long week. And he wanted me to spend time with him yesterday, and I kept feeling I want to go to the church. I want to go to the church. I want to go to the church, but I didn't say it. But by this morning, I wanted to stay home and in the bed. I wanted to stay home in the bed. I wanted to stay home in the bed. Why? Because when we're not in the presence of God, when we go do our own things and we get distracted in life, we don't have that hunger like we do when we're in the presence of God. See, being in the presence gives us more hunger. It is okay I spent time with my husband. I'm just using this for example, though. When I woke up, I had to fight through flesh. And I don't usually have to do that. I can't wait to get to church. And I'm like, why don't everybody want to come to church? Because we give in to the flesh so much that on Sunday, it's just easier to do it one more time. It's easier to just wrap up in blank and watch Hallmark films and and uh, go to Monroe or whatever else people do on Sunday. But so we, I'm saying, God, what can we do to draw the people in? That that is more important to them than laying up in the bed. So y'all pray for us to have strategies of how the church should operate. But I always go back to what Brother Floyd and Sister Vila say to me. They didn't advertise. They didn't promote. They didn't do any of that. But when revival broke out, the people came. And God says, this is a time, a cycle of harvest, and I don't want this church to be left out of that. I want this church to be part of that cycle, so I'm willing. Because me, I'm ready to get in the prophetic every second of the day. I'm ready, but I realize people need to have time to worship. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a balance there. So, God, we pray now that you give us balance, that you give the leadership here balance of how to, to uh, present the gospel to the lost, how to present the gospel to the spiritual, how to present the gospel to the carnal, how to present the gospel to the saved. Thank you for it, Lord. We just give you praise today. I thank you. All I know is I got to enter in past the veil. If I don't, I'm grieved and I'm sick. Anytime I get in his presence, I've got to enter in past the presence i got to enter in. Why? Because I've already tasted and seen that he is good. I can see Christians enjoying. I see Christians, we enjoy laughing. We enjoy, we enjoy his presence, and we're supposed to. And his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I'm supposed to enjoy that. But at the same time, I see Mitchell, and I see Josh, and I see one sitting there and need a breakthrough. So I want to be a place that we can do both. I want to be able to enjoy the presence, but also there's a breakthrough for the people that's coming in and their lives are falling apart and they don't know what their tomorrow holds. Hey, they don't know what holds tomorrow. They don't know, God, where they're going to work. They don't know how they're going to feed their family, God. And we as Christians, which we didn't do today, I'm just using this for an example. I know I've come in and I've needed a breakthrough and thank God that this is where I found it. This is where I found it. Hey, y'all come by.
God, we want to enter into a breakthrough, Lord. Those that need a breakthrough today, God. I remember my son coming down here, played the drums forever, and he, he said, I just need a breakthrough. I just need a breakthrough. Things was going on in his marriage at the time, and he was heartbroken, and I just need a breakthrough. He was coming every service to make people feel good, beating on the drums, but he was dying on the inside. He just needed a man to reach out to him. He just needed somebody to go past their flesh and to look and see the need of a person. God, we're talking about love. We're talking about love, God, but we got to love the ones that walk through the door past the blessing into the power, Lord. So there's a real breakthrough that when they couldn't have babies, they can have them now. When they didn't have a job, they have one now. Oh, when they didn't know what to do, they know now. I got so many notes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We have been talking about the blood. That Tuesday night, if y'all didn't see the School of Ministry, you need to go back and and get it and watch that because it was so good, so good talking about the blood of Jesus and you know there's no there's no more powerful force in the whole universe than the blood of Jesus that is power <laughs> that is the power right there that is the power and one of the one of the words that came to me this week because we're talking about we're talking about um, the season that we're in and the, the time that we just stepped into on the Hebrew calendar. And, and it, it is the year of our mouth. It's the year to taste and see what God has done. And one scripture that, that came to me this week was Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. It says, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, we have entered into a new covenant. God is a God of covenant. And that's one thing that I say to him all the time. Thank you that I am in covenant with you. That you made covenant with me. Thank you, God. See, covenant is stronger than a promise. A covenant is stronger than a contract because we break contracts all the time. We sign our name on the dotted line and then we uh, let it go or whatever. We don't keep our word. But a covenant goes beyond the grave. A covenant is binding. It's a spiritual thing. And it is binding, and it goes beyond the grave. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that, that his covenant goes to a thousand generations. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jesus. But this scripture right here, it says, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, 
and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. That blood is speaking. Hey, that blood is speaking. The blood of Jesus speaks on my behalf. When hell is coming at you, when you are being hit from, I talked to someone this week, and she said every, every side on, actually I talked to more than one (laughs) this week who said that, on every side it seems like. And from every direction, the enemy is hitting. He's coming, he's coming with this attack and an attack from the north and an attack from the south. Everywhere you look, there's a different attack coming. But, 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 the blood of Jesus speaks for me. It speaks for me. And it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. It speaks better things. Y'all remember in Genesis, he said, you know, when Cain killed his brother, and, G- and God said, what have you done? Because your brother's blood cries out. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the blood is crying. Well, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than our blood. Our blood is crying out. If my blood is spilt on the ground, God's going to hear the sound of that blood. And I think it I'm not one of these scientific people. I don't have one of them kind of brains. But everything makes everything is vibration. Sound is vibration. That blood is vibration. It's vibrating. God can hear your blood. Oh, my word. Oh, that's powerful. And if you just think he can hear my blood, he hears my blood. I cut my finger, and that blood flows down on the ground or on my leg or wherever I choose. He hears that blood. Well, just think about the blood of Jesus. That blood speaks better things than Abel. Like she was saying this morning, that's not normal blood. This is the creator. Creator God. Who who stepped out of heaven and, and came to be born of a virgin. He took on humanity, and even his blood (laughs) couldn't just be blood. It couldn't just be blood. Oh, my goodness. His blood speaks better things for me. Mm. That word speaks means to emit a sound. That's what that word means. So that blood is emitting a sound. He's crying out. He ever lives to intercede for us. That blood that that poured out from him on Calvary. That blood from his head, from his hands, from his his entire body. His entire body was broken, torn open. And then they pierced him. He shed his blood in a lot of different ways for us. And his blood speaks for my peace. Come on, y'all. His blood speaks for my provision. 
His blood speaks for my healing. And if I have a need in my body or in my life, I can draw on that deposit that was made. I can draw on that blood of Jesus. And, it, and the enemy cannot cross that line. We don't believe that, though. I believe that. We've got to, we gotta, we got to do something to determine in ourselves that I'm going to believe what, what he says. Not what I see, not what I hear, not what's right in front of me, but what he says because the spiritual is the real. That's, that's real. See, I am in this world, but I'm not of this world. So the spirit realm is where I am of. That's my home. That's where I come from. That's what I am. I'm spiritual. And then I come here into this natural body. And this thing, that thing right there, that is a, that's the tent for my spirit man. Because my spirit man is the real me. My spirit is the one that was with him before the foundation of the world. That's the real me. And that's what the enemy is trying everything in his power to keep quiet. He does not want the real me to rise up. So he keeps trying to keep us all beat down with this natural stuff. And the natural, I understand, I go through natural stuff too. I understand, and it took me a... (laughs) took me a while to, to, to start realizing that, oh, that's just a natural thing because the Spirit's trying to rise up. Spirit's trying to rise up, so he starts using natural things to try to shut me up because he is terrified. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all got to get this. He is terrified that you're going to realize who you are. He is scared to death. He don't want you teenage young men realizing who you really are. Because you can turn CrossFit High School around. Yes, you can. He does not want you to realize who you are. Because he is done when that happens. Because nothing is going to stop me. Nothing. You can throw whatever you want to my way. It's not going to stop me. When we realize who we are. See, the blood of Jesus speaks better things for me. (laughs) That blood, you know, on his head for my peace. Mm, mm, mm. He shed his blood so that I can have peace of mind. So that I can have the mind of Christ. Come on, y'all. That word better things means more excellent. Apostle Aline always taught us that there's a more excellent way. That, you know, this is, this is what we do, but there's a more excellent way. And that's him. That's grabbing a hold of him and what it is that he wants and going that way. That's that more excellent way. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus.
You know, Revelations 12, it talk, I say Revelations all the time, and it is not Revelations. It's Revelation. It was one Revelation of Jesus, right? Well, Revelation 12 talks about how they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we're going to talk about word. We're going to talk about it. But I just wanted you to see that the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. And his voice, that voice, is power. And we can grab a hold of that. And I start pulling that thing in with me. Because what I want to talk to you today, it's not about just quoting Scripture. I don't want us to just quote Scripture. That's, that's not it. we got to develop that relationship with him so that when I'm in his presence and I hook up with him, then I start speaking his word back to him. And whenever I speak his word, there's power in that word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about some things that we've talked about before, but we've got to get this because we have entered into a season Come on, we entered into a season where what I say out of my mouth is going to come to pass. And I believe it's going to come real quick. I don't think we're going to say something and then in, in five years we're going to see it. I'm, I think it's fixing to be like, bam, bam, bam. We're going to start seeing it, bam. Because, you know, I told y'all that our calendar, the Gregorian calendar that we go by, and the Hebrew calendar converged this year. They all equal 20. And there's power in, there, there's, God's up to something. He's up to, there's a harvest out there that he wants reaped. And whenever I hook up with him, this is the time to do that. This is the time to reap that harvest. This is the time to start speaking into that thing, and I'm going to see it just like that. I'm going to start, bam, bam, bam. Whenever he... Hooked up. And you feel that? You feel it when he connected? Connected with God. And, and, and the, the authority that was coming out of his mouth when he said, he said that no land is barren unless I say it's barren. You can feel that. You can feel that. The power of God's on that word. So you know what I'm going to be saying? Thank you, Lord, that you ain't called my land barren. Thank you, God, that my land is not barren, Lord. You, did, you said my land is fruitful. It's full of increase. Thank you, God. Thank you that Cross at Arkansas is not barren. That's what we do. That's how you grab hold of a word. God, thank you that we were giving into the community, that we are giving into the community. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for it. That's, that's what we do. That's how you grab a hold of that word and you don't let it go. Joshua 1.8 says, to meditate day and night on this word. Meditate means to mutter over and over. So it's okay. You can talk to yourself. You mutter the word. So that written word and that spoken word, I mutter it over and over all day long. He said, don't let that, don't let that stop coming out of your mouth. That's what that scripture means when it says um, meditate day and night and don't let this word depart from your mouth. That means don't let it stop coming out of your mouth. 
I know you're going to see some things. I know it's not going to look like what he's saying, but you keep saying his word. You keep speaking his word. Don't let that thing stop coming out of your mouth because if you will continue to speak it, you'll continue to speak it. You'll be in the face of the enemy and you speak the word. It's going to come to pass. It will come to pass. He said, my word does not return to me void. It, the word itself, will accomplish what he sent it to do. I just got to grab a hold of it and keep on with it. Even if I don't believe it. Even if I don't believe it. Because in a minute, your spirit's going to connect and you're going to start believing it. You will, I promise, because I didn't used to believe some of the things that I speak now, and I do believe them now. I do believe them, like I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not that I'm so great. It's not that I'm all that. It's that it's what he did, and I can grab a hold of what he did and pull that into my life, and because of what he did, I'm now righteous. In my messed up self. I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. Thank you that I have a mind of Christ. I told him last night we was up here praying. I said, thank you that you give me a mind to even choose you. All of it is him. All, it's not any of it my works and what I do. It's all of it is him. It's all him. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 26, Hebrews 12, verse 26, it says, Whose voice then shook the earth? (laughs) Hey, if his voice can shake the earth, his voice molded the earth. Because there's a scripture in there too. I got that somewhere. Oh, that's Hebrews 11. Let's turn the page. Hebrews 11, 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. My world can be framed. Come on, y'all. Get it. My world can be framed by words. It is framed by words. A lot of times I have what I have because of the words coming out of my mouth. Okay. Okay. I just don't know what to do. I just can't I just can't ever I can't ever seem to come out. I just can't ever seem to overcome. I just don't we just don't have enough. I don't have enough. There's not enough in the bank. I'm sorry. I can't do it. They I ain't got enough. I don't know what I'm gonna do because cause um I ain't never gonna achieve that. I ain't never gonna be spiritual. I ain't never going to be able, I just, God, I just don't even hear you. I don't hear your voice. Why don't I hear your voice, God? I don't hear you. I don't feel you. Where are you, God? Do y'all, does that ring a bell with anybody? I'm not qualified. I can't do nothing. I don't nobody want to hear me. Well, when I keep saying that over and over, I'm coming into agreement with who? 
I'm in agreement with the enemy. A hundred percent. Because God doesn't say that about me. You know what he says about me? That through faith and what Jesus did, I have peace with God. Thank you that I have peace with you. Thank you, Father, that I have, I walk in peace with you. Thank you. That's what he says about me. He says, you know what else he says about you? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. And he has anointed you to do whatever he asks you to do. We got to start paying attention to what we're agreeing with. Because there's power in agreement. I mean, that's the word of God, right? Where to agree, then something happens. And when I agree and I hook up with the enemy and what the enemy is saying about me, then that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm going to have. That sets that cycle of defeat. Dr. Cirillo's got a book called The Cycle. You know, God's cycle of provision. Well, there's a cycle of defeat. And when I get in that thing, it's hard to come out of it. I have to start changing the way that I speak. I have to start changing everything. Hallelujah. Well, Hebrews 12, 26 says that his voice shook the earth. <laughs> Woo. And he promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only earth, but also heaven. So he's shaking the heavens and the earth with his voice, with his mouth, with the words that, are, that he's speaking. Amen? Hallelujah. John 6, 63 says that my words are spirit and life. My words are spirit and life. His words are life. His words are spirit and life. And whenever I hook up with those words right there and I speak those words, then life comes into the situation. Jesus Christ answered the enemy with, it is written. He spoke the word back to him when the enemy came to tempt him. So it's powerful. This thing is powerful. And we need a revelation of how powerful it is. So when the enemy is coming at me and he's hitting me in every single area in my mind and he's just telling me I ain't nothing and I ain't never going to be and I ain't never going to have and I, I can't do this and I can't do that and it's just not working. When he hits me with all that stuff, I'm supposed to come back with the word of God. See, he was tempted on every side. Every single thing, he was tempted in it, just like we are. But he didn't sin, and he used his word to stop the onslaught of the enemy. And, and we do the same thing. And I'm challenging y'all this week to start. Uh, someone used to talk about pulling a fast on their mind and pull a fast on their words. Let's pull a fast on our words. And the things that I want to say, don't say them. Start paying real close attention to what's coming out of my mouth. And start grabbing a hold of the Word of God and speaking the Word of God instead of everything that I'm seeing. Amen? 
I don't know why I always get all these scriptures and then I don't ever go to them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that words are very, very important. He says, you know, we've talked about this one before in Matthew 12, 36, where he says that we're going to have we're going to give account for the idle words that come out of our mouth. Those idle words are barren words, words with no life. So that means words that are not spirit. Yeah. Words that are not spirit, words that don't have any life to them. I'm going to give account to them. So those are the words that I say whenever I come into agreement with my circumstance. When I come into agreement with what's going on in my life around me. When I start speaking those words, then I, I, I give life to that thing. And those are, those are those idle words because I'm supposed to grab a hold of him. And I'm supposed to hear his word. And I'm supposed to speak that word. That word right there. Can I give you just some Example, in Second Peter chapter 1, Apostle's been trying to get us for, uh, I don't even know, it's been over a year, <laughs> to, to speak the word of God in prayer, start declaring the word. Because he said, if you decree and declare a thing, it's going to be established. And so grab a hold of the word and start speaking it. Start speaking it. Well, we do that over our city. Do that over your circumstances and over your life and over your family. And this is one of the things that I do. Okay? In, in, in 2 Peter 1... Verse 3, it says, As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. This is how I do that. This is how I do this. Thank you, God. Thank you that by your divine power you have given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. Thank you that you give me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. Thank you for that, Lord. And, and it's not just spitting out scripture, okay? It's, it's a dialogue. It's fellowship between me and him. Fellowship between me and him. Thank you, Lord, that, that you have given me exceedingly great and precious promises. Thank you for those promises, God. You see, you take the scripture and you put yourself in that scripture. And you start speaking that thing. Connected to him. In fellowship with Him, that is going to come to pass in your life. You're going to see Him start changing things in you. We, a lot of times, and there is a time for this, but most of our prayer life is coming to God, and God, I need you to do this, and I need you to help me, and I need you to fix this. And we do have a lot of stuff going on, but I think some of some. It can be changed by speaking the word. It can be changed. And so if I stop focusing so much on what is happening around me, on the chaos that's happening around me, stop focusing so much on that and start focusing on his word and what he says, start putting that out into the atmosphere, then I th things are going to change. Things are going to change. Um... I love Colossians 
Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. I love this, and, I, and I've prayed this for years over Apostle Angie. Whenever we th- I think about her and I'm in prayer and I just start praying for her, I always pray this over her. And in it, it says, he's praying for us that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And, and I say, I thank you, God. Thank you that she is filled with knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual under, understanding. I thank you, Lord, that she walks worthy of you that she is fully pleasing to you, that she is fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And you pray that over yourself, just like that. Thank you. that I See, we don't think that we are pleasing to God. But it don't have anything to do with me. We got to get that. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I walk pleasing to God because I agree and believe what Jesus Christ did. That's what makes me pleasing to God. Okay? (laughs) That's what makes me pleasing to Him. Because I believe in what Jesus did for me. And I'm going to come into agreement with what He says about me. And He says that I walk pleasing Lead to him. Thank you, God, that I walk pleasingly to you. You are pleased with me. Thank you that you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you, God, that I experience the height and depth and width and breadth of your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you did everything for me to be able to come out of darkness. You took me out of it and you placed me in light. Thank you that light permeates me. Thank you that you have consumed every part of me because you are an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you that my life belongs to you because you bought me with a great price. You paid a great price for me. And we all cost exactly the same price. There's no one that cost more than anyone else. So you are worth the same thing. You are worth the same thing. And so many think that feel like they're not worth anything because of choices that we've made or circumstances that are in my life. Or sometimes things are done to me and it catapults me into this thing. Combat that with the Word of God and come out of it with the Word of God and see God start changing things. Watch Him start activating His Word because He said that His Word does not return void. So if I'm speaking forth His Word over my life and over my circumstances and over my city, He's going to do something. He's going to bring changes in me. He's going to start bringing changes in my life. So I thank you, God, that there's industry in Crossed Arkansas. I thank you, Father, that you just open up all kinds of streams of income in Crossed Arkansas. I thank you that this church becomes industry for Crossed Arkansas. Thank you for that, God. Thank you that there are jobs in this town for my children to work in and they can support their families, God.
thank you for that, Father. Thank you. Thank you that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. Thank you, God, that you said in this house you establish peace. Thank you for that, Lord. We depend upon you, God, and I just thank you for opening our ears and opening our understanding to the strategies that you have, that you want us to start walking in, God, so that the glory of the latter house is greater than the former. Thank you, because you know how you want to do it. You know what you want to do. And so we just thank you, Father, that that's your word. Thank you that in this house you establish peace. Glory, glory, glory. See, that's God. God spoke that word to me. I will not let that word go. I will not let it go. He said that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. And in this house he establishes peace. He said all the silver and the gold belongs to him. Don't worry about it. It all belongs to me anyway. And my glory is coming to this place. My glory is coming to Cross at Arkansas. My glory will be seen upon this earth. My glory will be seen in Cross at Arkansas. Thank you. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for speaking into our lives. Thank you, Father, that you, that you are the one that spoke and said that you put your name on these altars. And where his name is, ha. Huh, there's fire, my goodness, there's revival. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're speaking to somebody in Chicago, and they said, I see revival coming. In Chicago. Thank you, Jesus. We grab a hold of that word. We pull that word into this atmosphere, God. We decree that word. We declare that word, God, that revival breaks forth. Thank you for revival, God. Thank you that revival breaks forth and cross it in freedom. Revival come. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, God. Thank you. And he's, 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 he's touching people in Australia and having them pray for America. Oh, my goodness. God's up to something. He is up to something, and we got to start listening to him. We got to start grabbing a hold of his word. We got to start declaring and decreeing what he says, what he says about our situation, what he says about our wonderful, beautiful town. Thank you that our city is not barren, our city is on the map of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our city is on. That means he's got his eye on us. For what? Because he wants revival. And because he knows we will let him. We will let him have his way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have something you would like to say? I thought you might. Isaiah 54:10 Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken nor my covenant of my peace be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you hey. Hey. Thank you Jesus 
Thank you that you have compassion on us and we walk in covenant with you. Thank you that you love me. How many of you have this week said, thank you that you love me? You love me, God. We don't always say that. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have people that will obey you and give us a word. Thank you. Thank you that you walk in covenant with us and you love me, God. And you're going to shake everything around me so that your kingdom can come forth in my life. Ha! Thank you. You know, if things shake around me, that means I might be going like this. But I ain't going to fall. I'm not going to fall, but everything around me that is not the kingdom of God, everything around me that does not want God will fall off. It will fall off. And I grab a hold of him, and I hang on to him because everything is shaking. But that's okay because I'm hooked up with him, and he loves me, and I'm in covenant with him. And you are in covenant with him. Ha! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. Here comes another word. When you, when you were um, preaching a few minutes ago, I, I, heard, I, I saw, but I also heard that my prayers became flesh. When I was praying for Andy... A year before I ever met him, I was saying, thank you, God, for my husband. I had not even met him yet. I said, thank you, Lord, for my husband. I thank you, Lord, that we walk together in unity, we, that he loves me as Christ loves the church, and he gives himself for me every day, every time I got in the car, every time I um, was telling somebody about it. I, it just that word became flesh. I don't even know what, where he was in his life at that time, but I know this, that God was bringing him out. He was bringing him to the place that me and him would meet. And that, that is the power of the spoken word. That is the power of praying the word over your life, over your situation. Your word will become flesh. <laughs> what, whichever flesh you want it to be, <laughs> life or death. I spoke life over my husband before he became my husband. And we have had a wonderful relationship in the four and a half years that we have been together. Thank you. Thank you. Because the scripture on that is in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Ha! Hallelujah. So yes, I am created in his image. And my words have power. And I will have what I speak. I will have what I speak. Negative or positive. I'm going to have life or I'm going to have death. Choo Isn't it something that he had to tell us that? Choose life. Choose life. Hallelujah. So we choose life. We choose life. And he said that his words are spirit and life. Amen. So we grab a hold. I'm telling you, this week, I just want you to do it for just this week.
I'm not asking for you to change your life forever. Well, I am. But, I mean, just this week, let's just start. You know, because we can do anything for, you know, seven days. So just for this week, don't let that negative stuff come out of your mouth. Okay? Y'all want a promise? Pinky promise? That we, that we pay attention to what's coming out of our mouth. And that we'll speak his word and get in the scripture. Get in the word. This is Jesus, y'all. He said the word (laughs) became flesh. And so this is him. And whenever I speak this, I come into agreement with him over what he says about me. And I become that. That's what I become. Hallelujah. So this week, pay attention to what you're saying, okay? And speak the word. Speak life over yourself. Say, you love me. Thank you that you love me, Father. Thank you that I'm the apple of your eye. Thank you that I'm your favorite. I am your favorite child. I dare you four, six times a day, 46 times a day, Say it. I thank you that I'm your favorite. Among all the children of the world, I'm your favorite. Thank you that I am covered in your favor and I am covered in your grace. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you love me so much you just want to hang out with me. Thank you that your presence just comes because I opened my mouth and said, I love you. I want you, Lord, and it's, your presence comes. Whether I feel it or I don't, it's faith. Okay? So that's your challenge for this week. Ma'am. And I want to hear how you feel. I want to hear how that starts changing you. And if it doesn't change the way you feel, we got to add another week. (laughs) Because it will. Because the Word of God is sharper, it's alive, it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It separates the spirit from the soul. And the soul is where I feel bad. The soul is where all that stuff is coming at me. My soulish realm, that's this, my mind. But, it, but the Word of God will separate that from the real me. Okay? Y'all, this is powerful. It separates what I feel from the real me. It says that the word of God will separate bone and marrow. Wow. He getting down in there, ain't he? Getting, it shows the intentions of my heart. <gasps> Woo! That's why we're scared of it. Oh, that's why we're scared of it. Because it's going to show the intentions of my heart. But you know what? His word is more powerful than my heart. And I know the word says that your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, but that heart don't know Jesus. We're getting Jesus in it, you know? We're pulling Jesus into ourselves. And we're going to start saying who we are by his word. And I promise you, you're going to see your life change. I promise you. I see some smiles out there because y'all know this is real. This is going to change something. It's going to start breaking things off. It will get us to the place of deliverance, bam, because you start operating in an opposite spirit, okay? 
So we start pushing that thing. Next thing you know, that thing is like ready to come out because it can't win no more. <laughs> yes, yes. Pastor Eileen preached that message one time about feeding the pigs. Stop feeding these pigs. Start feeding your spirit because what you feed grows. Do you want to say something? <laughs> what you feed grows. And so whenever I start feeding the Spirit, I start feeding it the Word of God. Because I heard Robert Morris say, I think this morning, that we are malnourished. Christians are malnourished because this is my daily bread. And if I don't feed on this, then I don't have strength. Amen. Makes sense, don't it? So i got to start putting this in my mouth. Start feeding me. Amen. This is for you. <laughs> well, you were, I, can't, I just keep seeing it. And it's, you turn around and people see your back. Y'all see this? Okay, you can turn. I, when she was preaching, I saw the Superman symbol. That's what God sees in you. You are... <laughs> You are Superman in the spirit. You are more powerful than you know. I received that. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Don't think I ain't adding that one. I'm Superman in the spirit. Because we are more powerful than we know. We're more powerful than we believe. There's power in us, and it's Jesus. And you know that word says, it says, according to the working that he works in us. How much am I going to let him have of me? How much am I going to let him work in me? That's the power according to his working in us. And so I'm going, I want to be Superman, leaping over walls. Yes, Jesus, running through troops. Leaping over walls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I am who you say I am, God. Not what I feel. Hallelujah. Get that word in your mouth and let it separate the soul and spirit. Because the spirit is real. The spirit is you. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you care so much about us, that you want to speak your word into our life, God. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a word, God. I thank you that we are more powerful than we believe. But it is because of your spirit, God, because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. Thank you that we are the most powerful force on this earth because of your blood, Jesus. Because you, you shed your blood for us. And that's one thing that I heard when I was in prayer this week, that love was displayed when that blood was shed. He displayed perfect love when he shed his blood because he died to everything so that we could live, so that we could walk as he walked. And as he is, so am I in this world. 
thank you for it, God. We give you praise and glory and honor. And I thank you, Lord, that you cause us, you cause us, Freedom Ministries, to rise up and be your church. Thank you that we rise up and we be your church in Crossed, Arkansas. That you thrust us out into the harvest field, God. Thank you that you give us strategies to reap this harvest, Father. Thank you for bringing the souls in, God, as we go out and love and touch your people. Thank you for it. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, y'all going y'all gonna, to uh, take a fast on your words? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for coming and being attentive. Y'all are always so wonderful for even coming. Thank you, Jesus. And I just speak blessings over you this week. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich. Hallelujah. I speak increase over you in every area of your life. I speak fruitfulness over you in the name of Jesus. Speak his presence upon you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.